guarantee everybody's listening, watching this is that we've all experienced moments where we think we know it all. But as soon as we do that, as soon as we think we know it all, you've already lost. Yeah. Right. And that is the major problem. And I think uh, John Wooden yeah. said that once or something to that paraphrase. Of, like, I think you sent me a quote on, on, on that. And John Wooden's like, you know, it, it's he was never about he actually had one quote. I won't I don't know exact words, but John Wooden, a great US UCLA, you know, 10 times, you know, championship coach, one of the greatest coaches in, in NCAA basketball. And he once said he goes like a loss is never a loss if you learn a lesson from it. It's only a loss if you don't learn anything from a loss. So a funny thing happened there, Jim. I uh, I was on a call with someone, and it was a really interesting call. And the reason why it was interesting was because we were having this discussion. And this person, and I'm sure you've experienced this as a coach. Uh, we've experienced this many times where certain people are just, they they come into the call not really fully engaged. We see this as patients yeah. as well. Yeah. You know, I'm sure you've had patients when we were chiropractors when they come in and then you go, you really didn't choose to be here. Yeah. Your wife sent you here, yeah. didn't she? Yeah. <laughs> right? yeah. So yeah. it's like, it was one of those clients that kind of was on the call. And I could just tell right away there was the instant resistance, um, you know, and basically came down to like, they knew everything and there was no more improvement to be made. And I'm like, well, I don't know where I can help you when you are closed. Well, when you already have certain beliefs about what success is, what success to you is, and you're not really striving for anything, like I don't know where I can step in mm. to help you. And so it's nothing to do with, with that particular person, but it was actually got me more reflective. Right, okay. I'm going, when have I, when have I been in that position where I had limiting like our cognitive bias or like the bias within certain judgment of people? Yeah places or things and then made my behavior uh or you know decisions i made that may not have actually served me well and i remember this i'll say the story and then we can kind of go from there i remember when i first came out of uh, chiropractic college from canada uh, you know like listen i thought i was pretty damn good <laughs> you know so and, and you know it's not an egotistical thing like i worked hard yeah. to be a great adjuster I worked uh, extremely hard through my four or five years there and, uh, and I worked on my skills and I, you know, I thought I was like, I was one of the best adjusters in my class. You know, I I won't be afraid to say that. And when I came out and, you know, when you go into the public, you know, you're adjusting your friends and stuff when you're in school, you're like, yeah, nothing's on the line. Nothing's on the line, right? (laughs) Yeah. Principles, everything. I got this down pat. Right. And then when you might still remember my first day in practice, it was July 1st. I remember it's Canada's day, you know, obviously not in Australia. I was in Australia. First day, it was also the first day of the financial year in Australia. So I clearly remember that date. And, you know, here I am adjusting real people now. And then I realized really quickly, it's like real people don't move like student, hypermobile <laughs> students yeah. for the last four years. And it hit me like a ton yeah. of break. I'm like, oh, my skills I thought was up here yeah. really is down here. And I have so much more to go. And it really hit me that hard on that first day. And I think that is one of those, you know, moments in my life recognizing going, no, you know, diddly squat. Yeah. Like you have so much to learn. You think you have it all at 27 years. No, you got a, such a lifelong lesson. And it basically brought me right back down to being 
you know, an amateur again yeah. and have to start from scratch. So anyways, that's my sort of preamble to kind of start of the conversation we have. When have you, you know, allowed your particular bias around a situation or maybe a client or someone else you've seen have made poor decisions or at least decisions or assumptions, right? Which my dad always says assumption means makes you an yeah. ass out of you and me. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure that, you know, and, and it's like that assumption really created a process of not learning yeah. and not growing to the best potential of who we are. And I had to really unlearn a lot of that yeah. stuff. So anyway, yeah, no, that's a really good, uh, that's really good context and frame up. But you know, when you first started, I thought you were going to start telling a joke and that's why it's like, it's like a funny thing happened to me on the way to oh, whatever, you know, that's a lot of jokes start, but, um, <laughs> You know, like I, I instantly thought of, you know, one of the impediments and blocks to that sometimes is ego, right? And, um, yeah. you know, I loved Top Gun, the movie, both the, the original and, the, and the, uh, the most recent one. And there's always a line that says, you know, your ego is writing checks your body can't cash. And sometimes that's a reality check that a lot of us have, you know. Um, I want to share my first, uh, must have been the, the start of our career. So for me, I, same thing, I, I graduated pretty much top of my class as well and won a whole lot of awards and dusting awards and everything like that. So I never forget, I'm, I'm Bettina uh, and I were practicing the same practice in Northern Territory in Darwin. First day, I go in and I'm going to x-ray someone and um, I'm just trying to get the x-ray machine to work and it's not working. I'm like, oh, there's something wrong with this, something wrong with this, something wrong with this. And I said, listen, can you excuse me? I have to go and get some assistance with this x-ray machine. It must be a technical issue. So I go call Bettina, she comes back. And Bettina realized very quickly I hadn't actually turned the machine on. And <laughs> that's what I thought. Yeah, yeah, right. So everybody, you, Bettina, knew that except me, right? So I'm the person who's in, you know, in charge of directing and the responsible person who's uh, advocating for health and uh, had basic error number one. And I, I hadn't pressed the, uh, the red button. And, and it wasn't one of these subtle things. You go in and you hit the button and there's this real loud ding that the, the the lady there couldn't ignore i couldn't ignore Bettina couldn't ignore and Bettina respectfully looks at me smiles and just starts walking off stage left trying to preserve whatever um confidence that i had in that moment and the lady it was awesome she turned around and said to me gee that's pretty embarrassing huh and i went yeah yeah first day and all but i said you know what the worst part is that's not even the worst part she goes how could it be worse i said well that's actually my wife and I'm never going to hear the end of that. And so <laughs> that was a big reality check as well, right? It's, it's just to lighten the mood to say that, okay, a lot of the times you don't know what you don't know. And sometimes even when you show up, um, there's a big gap and deficiency between where you think you are and when the reality, uh, where the reality of what you are in. And that's, that can be very humbling. You know, you can you yeah. can look at that from the perspective of rejection. Like, no, 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 that's not true. And make whoever is giving you the feedback wrong. And gosh, that's definitely happened in our situation with experience where we've tried to let someone know, hey, here's where you think you are. This is the reality of it. Or you can basically go through righteousness and judgment and go, no, 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 that problem's with you. So a lot of yeah. how these things show up reveal you to you and how you probably go out in other areas of life as well. Yeah. You know what I would have said? I would have said, see that when the machine wasn't on, that's what's happening in your nervous system right Bingo. now. See when that turned yeah. on, that's what we're going to do with the yeah. adjustment. <laughs> and I had the presence of mind. I was just trying, and I was, I was First day in practice I though. Yeah. I was like, I was going, well, yeah. you, either, you either go through logic or humor. I, I chose humor in that moment. 
Yeah. But well, like the reason why I said that moment, like just that analogy. Well, I wouldn't have been able to say that in my yeah, first day yeah, yeah. or my first year or my second year. Like that would have taken that has taken me many years to even create and be able to think on the spot that quickly. Yeah. You know, to be able to come up with an analogy on the spot, and this is just goes to show, right? We don't know what we don't know, and and the problem, what we're trying to highlight is the problem is that we've all experienced. I guarantee everybody's listening, watching this is that we've all experienced moments where we think we know it all, but as soon as we do that, as soon as we think we know it all, you've already lost, yeah. right? And that is the major problem. And I think uh, John Wooden yeah. said that once or something to that paraphrase. Of, like, I think you sent me a quote on, on, on that. And John Wooden's like, you know, it, it's, he was never about, he actually had one quote. I, I won't, I don't know exact words, but John Wooden, a great US, UCLA, you know, 10 times, you know, championship coach, one of the greatest coaches in, in NCAA basketball. And he once said, he goes like, a loss is never a loss if you learn a lesson from it. It's only a loss if you don't learn anything from a loss. And that was sort of like that thing that kind of sticks in. And the problem is I think a lot of people, and I've done this many times, we can share dozens of stories around this, is where when I don't, when I am in ego, yeah. when I think I know everything or I think I've got this, I don't allow, I don't, I'm actually energetically not open. Yeah. I'm not energetically open to learning. And that's a loss for yeah. me. And I've done, I made many mistakes doing that and I didn't take that opportunity to kind of learn. And I see that in sometimes when, you know, in my kids as well, sometimes when they're open to learning, man, they just, it's just so as a teacher, yeah. right. As a, you know, someone who was teaching your ch child, it's so inviting, um, to want to teach them more, yeah. but as soon as they are closed yeah. to learning, you just don't want to give yeah. it. I'm like, all right, well, yeah. fine. If you think you know it all, then you don't want to walk away. And and I think that's the thing that we don't see, which is like when we're closed, we're not only close to ourselves and learning more, but we're actually turning away people who are willing to help. Yeah, yeah and, and spot on. You know, I, I, I've found that many times, and I'm pretty sure you have as well too, that quite often people will uh, seek us out and ask for assistance. They may be having a particular issue and challenge and problem in their business or their practice or what you know specifically if it is uh, chiropractic um, but a lot of times they're, they're personal problems in disguise right they're not they're, it's not a systemically just related to that segment of the practice because we, we there's some principles we always look at and that is how you do one thing is how you do all things and so if you're approaching some of the blocks in in your your, your business they may well be like you said that you're closed to learning you're closed you've got a fixed mindset you're not humble you're not open you're not receptive to what else it could be other than what you think and know it is that you know a lot of the so so quite often uh, you may have experienced that as well too i'm pretty sure you have someone will come in and thinking that they're working on one specific thing you work on another block or some level of interference which could be how they perceive the world or their base belief or their their paradigms of what's possible and that changes everything and they haven't done more they've just expanded the capacity in their brain to allow these kind of things to happen i think it happens a lot more when we're younger yeah. and i'm sure you would experience this well i definitely experienced it when i was through my teenage years and i'm sure everybody can relate to this when you're a teenager you when your parents are talking to you like dad mom you don't know what you're yeah, talking yeah. about right i know what i'm talking about and, you know, and I'm going, I'm just about to go into that phase, yeah. you know, in the next few years, and I'm sure I'm going to get that. But I remember clearly when I went to university, and it wasn't probably until after university, was when I started to realize, I'm like, oh my God, my parents were right. Yeah. 
yeah. you know, all along. You just have to recognize like they are just right. And I hate to yeah. admit this. Yeah. And I think the younger we are, we just have this. And I think you got to go through that phase. You got to go through the phase like to really go, I know what's right. And, and you got to go through that challenge. I'm not suggesting you shouldn't. I'm just saying you should, but also recognize and be humble yeah. when you are wrong. Uh, or humble that maybe you didn't have all everything right at the same time. But I think when you're stringent to to be stuck on those facts that you know I have to be this way, it goes back to the identity thing. Mm. You know, like I think let's maybe move into this conversation. I think this is really important. The identity is such a hard thing, right? Because most of us would have identified ourselves as whatever and that could be identify yourself as a particular part of your you know maybe a profession that you're in maybe identify yourself as a good guy or a bad guy or the the naughty kid or the funny kid or uh or even like as you know um in terms of your different types of friendships or whoever you you create these labels within ourselves and we believe it but the thing is is that it's really hard to let go or as we age you know through the decades and just like 20s and 30s and 40s and 50s as you start to age you start to realize like i'm no longer that person mm. however some people hold on to that identity because they feel like they have to hold on to that identity yeah. but in reality is like if you just let go of that ego you almost have to like release that identity it's like yeah to acknowledge first of all that identity was who i was at that moment in time but i don't have to be continually that same person yeah. Um, and, and evolve and change. I think that is when I see the most growth in people is when they can let go of the old stories that they have, but, but not having to hold on to it. Yeah, totally. Do you yeah, see that too? Yeah, 100%. And, and, I, and like, I know in my own case, Lawrence, it's approaching, it's a little bit over six months since we left Australian shores. I'm not that person anymore by a long way. Mm. And nor are you. Even in, you know, even in our conversations, what we're talking about now yeah, we would have probably had elements of that, but the conversations you and I had back in Australia were totally different to the ones we're having now. Why? Because we're different, yeah. right? And I think that's a big yeah. part of it. And I think the biggest impediment to that, as you said, is people's reluctance to let go of an identity that validates them. And there are there are always references, and, and I think Tony Robbins always talks about this, that one of the compelling human needs is to stay consistent with your identity of himself. So if you see yourself, as you said, as a great person, whatever, you're going to look for experiences that confirm that and go, yeah, check, tick, tick. That's me. That's me. That's me. What I've realized, though, sometimes, in, and there's another uh, author called John Maxwell, always says sometimes you've got to give, it's what you give up to go up. And sometimes letting mm -hmm. giving up is the attachment to that identity so that you need to upgrade your identity first in order to create that change. Because you can't, you can't get seven ounces, sorry, nine ounces out of a six ounce glass. You've got to expand your capacity. You've got to expand your identity. You've got to expand your awareness to allow that to grow. And that, they're some of the biggest principles that I've learned where I have to grow first and let go of the attachments to the old in order to move forward into the new. Like it would be interesting to kind of go with this theory here that you know just came through me yeah. as you were talking. I could see you thinking. Is, I could see you thinking. Going, yeah, he's going somewhere here. So I'm curious. Yeah, like so. So I was listening to something today, and it brought me memories of around you know what D. Mart you know Dr. D. Martini yeah. said like 25 years ago when I was a student, and he was in our gymnasium, and he said this. And it was almost like he goes, you know, the, think of the, all the dark things 
think of all the oh, sorry think of all the things that you dislike around someone yeah. about someone or about you know people you don't like you know and you know what are those qualities that you dislike okay and then he said the statement which is like you know once you list them all he goes those dislikes that you you know that you um are you know that you dislike in someone they're also in yeah. you it just happens to be in your dark yeah. side it's like the things that you will avoid and so i guess it comes back to the con you know conversation around is you know the qualities that you hold on to the identity obviously you have those but if you ask the question like well you know jim how do you who do you want to become in five years time yeah. you know like what kind of qualities do you want to see within yourself that you don't currently have yeah. and you'll say xyz yeah. right but it, the, I don't know what you think about this. But like, what if I said to you that the X, Y, Z characteristics and the quality that you're striving for is already yeah. in you? Yeah. Right. The only thing that's holding you back is like the, you know, the, our, our lizard brain is actually don't want you to mm. go there. Mm. And uh, so any good and bad qualities are within us. And I think, you know, we think about like, you know, but someone would say, well, no, no, I don't have like a, uh, you know, a cheating a mentality or I don't have like a vicious brutal mentality to, to fight someone or to, to really hurt someone. I don't know. Yeah. Like if you really have to dig deep, yeah. like, yeah. you know, uh, it's in all of us. I think it, it, it might not been able to, and you know, might not have to been able to shine that through because of your circumstances that maybe you're growing up, but I think it is within us to, you know, do horrendous things, yeah. you know, yeah. but we have the control uh, and composure and maybe education and also to suppress that part of our brain or suppress, suppress that not brain, sorry, our character, that character within us. Cause, but it is still within us. We don't like to acknowledge it. What yeah, totally, totally agree with that. And I remember, um, I think Johnny Martini talks about it as the traits of the great and fundamentally what you look and admire in others is also in you. And I agree with you that there are going to be the parts of us that annoy us uh, in other people are also the parts, the unloved parts in ourselves. And so, so a lot of the work, and this is why it's important to do personal growth work in yourself to understand yourself at a higher level is that when you take ownership of both your good traits and your dark traits, the, the, the light side and the dark side, you actually then don't, don't then become triggered when someone gives you some feedback that taps into that, that part of you that is unloved and, and is feeling less than. So a lot of the times, if you can embrace that and if you can go, yeah, there are times, like you said, where I express negative qualities or, or dark qualities and you take ownership of them rather than trying to reject them, rather than trying to go, no, 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 that doesn't, it's not possible. You, you're stunting your own growth. And so provided, I guess, the feedback is in such a way that you can use that constructively because some people's, you know, uh, opinion or, or view of honesty is brutal honesty where you just torch someone and that stops the capacity from that person to receive it. But if you get to a point where there's trust and that that has to be there, you can then deliver these truths. And if you, if the person receiving it can look for the gift in the difficulty of receiving that and go, okay, how, how can I use this? where is this true and how can i use this to evolve and progress and then i think it's a fantastic insight that they can have which can help them move forward where previously they would have just gone no 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 it doesn't happen doesn't exist yeah such a like it's such an interesting topic because we can i do agree with that first statement you made which is like we have to i don't I, you don't have to do anything yeah. i guess but it's like if you want to grow i think it's really important for all of us to anybody who wants to grow just to 
be reflective and actually do that self-work. And that takes time. That takes time to be able to um, to be able to go through that process. And it is a process. Mm. And that process, I think the first step is what we kind of started off with is you're going to have to learn to let go yeah. of, of the um, of the stories you have in your head of what you think you may be or not be. I think, you know, and that limits. I've seen this many times people, and I've been guilty of this, like, I don't have a problem. Mm-hmm. But then when you, when you, someone digs, yeah. someone's really good facilitator yeah. and goes through this process, I'm like, yeah. oh, I didn't even know that existed. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm sure you've been through that. I, I, like, yeah. I literally feel like I'm no problem, but it's like, oh crap. And tears start flowing through your yeah. body. I'm like, oh my God, this, I didn't even know that was an issue, yeah. you know? Um, I didn't even know that was a pain yeah. inside. Perfect. And, and, and I guess we, we've often talked about the difference between mentoring and coaching. And, and in those moments, some of the greatest coaches I've ever had were people who through their insights or their ability to hold up a mirror to me or ask me specific questions allowed me to access it so I could come up to that realization by myself. So then it's different when someone tells you something and you can go, no, no, I'm going to reject it. But when you come to that conclusion yourself, you go, actually, that is true. Holy smoke. I've, I've been blind to this my whole my life, all this time. Something shifts in you and you can move forward with it. But like you said, right from the start, you've got to be open to it. You have to be open to it. I, I think, that, you know, one of the most important thing, too, as well, as people go through that process is to also recognize not to be so hard on themselves, yeah. right? Because I think it's very easy when you start to realize, you get this realization and then you go, man, like, why didn't, why have I gone through 10 years of my life or 20 years of my life not realizing this in myself? Yeah. Or, and you start, yeah. then you start going that internal dialogue and start beating up on yourself, right? And I think it's important for people to recognize, it's like, you you are, um, like Jeff Spencer, my coach, yeah. my mentor, my mindset coach, always said, you like, you have like a human mind and you have like a, you know, a champion's yeah. mind, Right. Your default is your human mind. You know, your default is your human mind, which is like the lizard brain. The lizard brain is always going to try to protect you, right? And they're going to, your default is to make yourself comfortable. Like no one, you know, you go to the, you know, jujitsu and stuff. No one puts themselves willingly to get beat up. You know what I mean? Like no one willingness to put, like we have to have done a lot of overriding uh, within ourselves to say, go, no, I'm taking control of my body to go through that process and that pain in the process of working out and do that. Right. Like we've done that work, but you know, but intelligently no one does it. It's like the perfect example is uh, when I did a bungee jumping once or, you know, but bungee jumping is a perfect example because I was in New Zealand doing a bungee jump. And I remember like thinking like, as you walk out that platform, you know, everything's, you know, safety checks, you walk out the platform, your, your, your human brain, lizard brain says to you, what the <laughs> you doing? F are you doing? <laughs> Yeah, you know I mean, like, th- like this is not a sane. Pr- yeah. like, this is not what you're supposed to yeah, do, yeah. right? And but that's a that's a natural, yeah. built-in DNA response that's supposed to be there, right? If you don't have that fear, I think something's wrong. Yeah. <laughs> like this yeah. might be something wrong, right? Or you have trained your body to not feel that fear anymore. Yeah, well, right? a lot but of, that a takes lot a lot of repetition. Yeah, a lot of first responders, a lot of soldiers have done that. Um, I've got friends of mine who have been hot military who can actually override that self-preservation instinct so that, you know, mm-hmm. when everybody's running away from danger, they're trained to turn in and run into it. You know, so that's overriding right. primal brain alarm bells going, hey, danger, danger, danger. 
Right. But you, it, that they take a, a lot, lot of a lot. Like, practice, yeah. right? A lot of practice. And this is the thing, like, you know, that that's the thing. Like, like making that jump, making that leap is one of hundreds or thousands of, you know, override, overriding that human response. But it's, it is primal and it's, it's meant to be there. It's meant to keep us safe. And I think that we have to recognize there is two sides of us. There is that champion side or the human, and then the human side, and the human side is always going to try to protect us. And, but we have to, if you're, as soon as you're aware of that, you then have an opportunity. Yeah. Right. At any given time moment to go, I choose to, to, to be a champion mind. But going back to the thing of beating yourself up, that's where I was going with it. Sorry. Is that it's a recognized going, you know what? That was just my human yeah. brain, my human body protecting myself all those years. Yeah. Okay. Now I see, now I see a different light. I see a different perspective. And because I, now I see this perspective is like, I honor instead of, I honor that side. Mm. I honored my human brain for protecting me all these years, even though it was frustrating, but I, I've got so much more now that I can see the light or see, can see the other side versus going, man, why are you so stupid yeah. that, you know, yeah. you didn't been thinking about this for so long or, you know, and I think that's really healthy and make, make sure important. Yeah, all these constructs and walls we put in our mind, actually, like you said, are designed to keep us small and safe and protected. And and you're right, it's counterintuitive. So you don't have to go out on the ledge to bungee jump. You don't have to go into a fight out to, to experience an ability to override that. How many times have we said to someone when we're coaching, hey, listen, have you considered doing this? Oh, I could never do that. What's stopping you? Uh, other people have done that. Oh, yeah, but but it's them and, and I'm this and... I, I, I'm, I'm too much of this or less of that. Or, okay, well, how about you give it a go? And the moment they do that and they realize it was safe, I did it, they go, oh, okay, wow. And that's the whole basis of firewalking, right? Um, done many, many, many firewalks over time. The first time you do it, you go, it doesn't make logical sense. It, I'm going to get burnt no, to a crisp. And yet the moment that you walk over and you finish it and you celebrate, I remember doing it with Tony Robbins nearly 30 years ago um, with yeah. thousands, like 10, 15,000 people doing it at the same time. I'm like, how the hell is this possible? And yet at the end, you, cool boss, cool, cool boss, cool boss. Cool that boss. Was, yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> remember it. But the moment you get past it, you go, wow, what else did I think was impossible that suddenly isn't? And that was the, that opened the trap door in, your, in my mind that allowed me then to explore and to lean into those kind of belief systems. Well, and, and, and the openness yeah. is what we've been talking yeah. about. If we can like kind of, kind of go back to the original conversation is like when you have a closed mind, when you have a certain bias or what you think you already know, you wouldn't even be at the fire pit, no. you know, to walk on yeah. coals. Like you don't even go like, no, that's a stupid. Right. But if you're open, you don't have to walk on fire on coals, but you just go, at least you kind of go, okay, I'm going to observe. Yeah. I'm going to look. I mean, that's the, what we're talking about. The people who are closed won't even engage or even look no. because it's like that's just dumb yeah right i don't even want to look at that yeah. and that closes off a lot and this is not just about your personal development i'm talking about like we've been experiencing that for the last two years yeah. really if you think about it like you know the, the whole thing with covid for example it's like all these things that are happening it's you know people are just like no i don't even want to look at that i don't even want to look at that evidence i don't even want to yeah. look at this it's like i'm not saying one's right or wrong it's just like we are so conditioned to go like i must be right yeah and you must be wrong and there's now no conversation yeah Right. We can't even have a healthy conversation and have not even not a debate, but just like hearing the other side of someone to see how they might be approaching it. Not to say that there doesn't mean that they were going to change my mind or anything. It's just more like I 
just engaging in human conversation. I feel like we're losing yeah. that yeah. when we are so stuck in these identities and these labels. And I think like the pop, like society is starting to lose that ability to, to um, have proper conversation and also have healthy um, discussions yeah. versus like only having certain silos of thinking this must be this. These are my people, and that's all I need to hear from. I don't want to hear from other people. Yeah, I, I regularly seek out people who have different views on things just to get into their head to go, okay show me or tell me or highlight to me how you view the world or you view this from another perspective and i gain insights into it you know i've learned maybe it's through wisdom maybe through impatience over time uh, but i i people who are uh, who, who have a, a very one view of things and aren't open to the possibility i actually have a screening question to someone if i get to a point and it's a debatable discussion i'll go i'll ask them okay listen i'm just curious are you open to the possibility of another reality or something different to this existing if they go no i'll go well dude thanks a lot see you later because i'm wasting my time here and you're not even open to that and it's not a righteous part of me it's just i've gotten really discerning and protective of my time that i've gone that i'll now tap into my ego to try to cause my right and i don't want to do that so I'm just going to go, hey, listen, if we're having a conversation, I'm comfortable in the opposing views. And at the end of it, I'll go, well, thanks, man. I, I never considered that. I'm better for the experience and the conversation in talking to you. I appreciate it. But if, like you said, if I'm met with someone who uh, is a brick wall and I bring my brick wall and they collide, we don't get actually the resolution. All we just is just get anger and frustration and, you know, communication quality goes downhill. I'm not sure if I mentioned this in the previous episodes or before, but I feel like there's a healthy exercise that I I've been I've been doing or I've been uh, for you know several years now. But it's something I kind of bring up over and over again for myself. It's like, you know, it's about perception, and oftentimes like I you know have a perception of myself, like or what we oh we all have a perception of ourselves or what we think uh, how others perceive us, and oftentimes when I start really kind of digging in, I start to realize like you know, when people start to tell me different things, I'm like, oh, like maybe how I think of myself is not what everybody yeah. perceives of me, yeah. right? And I'm sure we all had that experience, right? Like, you know, I have a view, but then I'm in, I, I, but I can't see myself other than looking in a mirror, right? So therefore, I think this is what I appear to people, but then realizing that how others see me and just, just you know, close friends or people reflecting back, I'm like, oh, like maybe you see me in a totally different light than what my brain tells mm. me. And so I started questioning this and I had this like this exercise that I do, which is called the what if. Yep. So the what if exercise is this. And I th hope this is helpful for the listeners and, and viewers, it, which is the exercise is I go, well, what if everybody else is right and I'm wrong? Mm -hmm. How would I then act accordingly based on that new information? So I'll say that again. It's like, so what if like, you know, everybody's right about me on say, you know, blank or whatever the, the, the personality or the topic or the skill set that I have and I'm wrong thinking that I'm no good at it. How would then I approach that situation? So this came up when, um, say, doing videos. I think it was from memory. So I was like, you know, I'm, I'm pretty good at videos, but I don't think I'm great, you know. I think I'm okay. And then, but everybody kept on saying like, man, like Lawrence, you, you know, you're so natural on video, blah, blah, blah. And they just started saying these nice things. I'm like, yeah, and that's nicely. But then when you hear it enough times, you go, Okay, like, am I do I have a wrong perception mm -hmm. that maybe I'm better than I actually mm -hmm. think I am, right? 
And so then I go, okay, well, forget about whether I'm right or wrong. That's irrelevant. It was more the question of going, well, what if everybody's right, which is like, I am fantastic at videos. I'm really great on camera versus me thinking, and I'm wrong that I'm okay in camera. I'm good enough. How would I then approach shooting videos? Mm. Well, the answer came up to me like, well, I'll just shoot more videos and I would have, you know, I'll just do whatever, yeah. whatever comes to mind. I'm like, oh, isn't that interesting? I'm like, okay, well, what if I did that? Let's see what happens. And that like got me the, almost gave me the confidence to go like, well, like, what do you got to lose? If everybody thinks you this way, I'm like, why don't we do that? So I think that's a, I don't know if it's healthy for anybody else, but mm -hmm. I feel like there was something that in me to go, what if everybody's wrong and I was, I'm sorry, everybody was right and I was wrong. How would I then act? Because something changes in you. Yeah. Because if you only act the way you act because you feel a certain way, but if you were wrong, right? Yeah then how you're acting may be limiting you versus you could be acting in a totally different way if everybody else is right about you. I think that's a really good point um, that you raise because you see that in the entrepreneurial world sometimes that what keeps the dream alive is the, is the, the conviction that you have when the outside world is giving you a different type of feedback. So there's an element of that that's really important, but it's about being able to be discerning and then go, okay, now it's just my ego getting in, in the way here. Uh, and that's a bit different. So I, I, I take on that on one hand, and, and funnily enough, I just finished watching um, a documentary on Bernie Madoff on, on Netflix, which was fascinating, actually really interesting about you know one of the biggest Ponzi schemes ever. Um, a lot of people got ruined, but it's actually what was really amazing to me, there was a line, there was a guy called Harry Markopoulos, who was like a, a statistician, a mathematician, and he, he ran the numbers and worked out that it was actually mathematically impossible for Bernie Madoff to be getting these recurrent um, returns year and year and year. It was defying logic. And so he went and he was starting telling the Securities Commission and, 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 and he was going and saying, listen, there's something not quite right about this play. And, and they were like, no, 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 we're the Securities Commission. They didn't do their due diligence. No, no, they're not right. He went and spoke to someone who was responsible for hundreds of millions of dollars and he point blank asked him to go listen if i'm wrong i'm just going to be another idiot and, and that anybody just has discounted me already but what if i'm right what if i'm right and what i'm telling you is the truth and this other guy goes well that'll be the end of me and this guy wasn't prepared to entertain the thought that his view was even possibly incorrect right now you've got to balance it up between sometimes maintaining the, the the conviction and going, look, I know the feedback isn't there, but I know in my heart, this is the right path. And righteousness yes. and judgment that stops you taking on quality information and feedback. Yeah, that is, then that leads to the dilemma that a lot of people face, including myself, which is like, when do you know that you are right and when do you know you're wrong? Because that that's the out of the dark side yeah, of it right yeah. which is what you said is that sometimes like you know a lot of times actually we need to know like no this is within my values or this is you know this is my this is i truly believe this is you know my belief i know or knowingly this is my right path or this is my right choice and to discern that with am i just making that decision because of my bias yeah. that I actually cognitive bias that I have around this. And there's no right or wrong answer here, or there's, it's a very difficult thing to navigate, but you bring up a really good point, which is how do you navigate that? How do you decide, which is, you know, when to follow, when not to follow, because it works on both sides yeah. of the 
coin. Yeah, I think a really good metric, I, I, I usually refer to um, neuro-linguistic programming or NLP for that. And they've got, they've got a distinction between what's called associated and fully associated and dissociated, right? And, and just an example for anybody who's not sure of what that is, if, you're, if you imagine you're at a theme park and you're on a roller coaster, and as the roller coaster is just about to get to the peak and you're about to go down, you can feel your heart rate going up, your, 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 your sweating, your, your terrors coming through there, your, your stomach's in your throat. You're fully in the experience and you've got massive emotion in there. So that's one, one uh, example of fully associated. Now, imagine, if you will, you're, you're standing, on, standing on the ground watching yourself going through that experience you're kind of removed from that experience you're what's called dissociated from that and so you have the ability to discern or go what's called meta as in elevate outside of the situation to have the observe yep. observation of the experience so you're not going to get the same emotion and you can think a lot more logically and so the number of times when i'm in that moment myself i quite often will work to or i've coached people to to go okay you're right in it right now what if using your terminology, you could take yourself out of the situation and observe yourself, or you were watching somebody else role play this exact same thing. What would you think? What would you say? What would, and you, sometimes what happens is people go, man, I'm the, I'm the block in there because I'm really stubborn and I'm not letting them to progress. But when I dissociate from it and I have distance from it, I can see the situation and I really need to change course or I, actually I need to double down because I feel like I was right. And, and that to me taps into the innate intelligence that we have that allows us to fundamentally get a rough idea of what is right. Uh, and if we don't, then we go, okay, I need some help. Yeah, another exercise that's very, like that would be helpful from a frame perspective, which is the future yeah. self. Like, you know, going towards the future and then going like, what would your future self, maybe like the five-year-old, ver five-year-old older version of you would say to you in respect to this particular decision that you're making, right? It's that disassociation. And I think that sometimes it's, I think that person's going to be yep. you and you can project yourself to be in the future. If you had ABC and had all these characteristics, what kind of advice would you give yeah, back to yeah. that person to, to you now? So, yeah, it, it's such a powerful thing. And, and I think that that, that moment of, and then all of a sudden, like you realize when you do that, you're like, Oh man, like I could, that wouldn't take me five years to get yeah. there, right? It's like I can, I can, I can do that now, and I can actually start leaning towards those characteristics. Yeah, yeah it's great. Yeah, insight. and because you're using emotion at that time, your emotion is really cutting down the possibilities in your brain. So you're not thinking laterally; you're only just thinking about the current situation, and and that's where the ego mind and the human experience is coming through, as opposed to the logical higher higher self that's not allowed to to find solutions. So. Yeah, man, like I, I, I just noticed myself, if I'm in something and I can't think clearly, I'll defer making a decision until I'm sound mind. So I've learned that if I make decisions from that place or if I receive some feedback or something and, and that's not what I want, my natural instinct is to want to fight that. And yet I've learned through experience that that doesn't really serve me because what I'm then doing is I'm bringing my righteousness and ego and hurt self to that situation that's trying to find um basically relief from pain not resolution but relief from pain so consequently i go i'm going to hit pause i'm going to come back to this go for a walk and whatever um clear my mind 
downregulate the stress response and the emotional response. Now I can think logically. I can think of this from a different perspective. And will that be any different? I mean, it just gets me out of trouble as opposed to just reacting and shooting from the hip just because, uh, you know, you didn't hear things the way you wanted to hear it. Yeah, so it's brilliant insights. And I think there's just some great exercises I think a lot of people can either take and, and actually just start applying and just trying it out. I mean, what do you got to lose, right? What do you got to lose? And, and I'll, I have one more, which is very similar to you. Is like instead of sometimes um, myself, I I used to um, I haven't done this in a long time, but I, I don't know why. But it's I, you know something that helped me a lot was you know you I, I created a, a board of directors. Man, I love that. I love um, that. Uh, <laughs> so I I created like a virtual board of directors, and and those board of, virtual board of directors or could be someone who's alive or who's passed on. But someone who I respect, and you know, my only board directors, and I, I would kind of, if I was kind of stuck, and I would be like, okay, I just go into my like virtual room, and, and I would seem silly to some people, but like, hey, I'm gonna go with this because this is exactly what I did. I would just go present and go like, all right, what would you say, you know? And and what it is is going through each and every single person in that board of directors, and they will have a different response based on their personality and who they are. But then I get like this this insight from like a 360 degree and from different perspective um all coming from my own mind yeah. right it's the energy and whatever but it's like it's just helps me kind of discern of like if i asked tony robbins what he would say to this he will give me a certain response knowing his personality yeah. but if i ask you know i don't know someone else like gandhi yeah. you know what would he say to this and he would just give me a different yeah. perspective and I think that's a that's another way of kind of playing with this this energy and playing with this field to kind of seek advice um, to really kind of create momentum and, and forward and decision making. Yeah, you know, Lawrence, I, in the world of augmented reality and, and AI, that's actually going to become, it's possible, right? You just, you, you and I have just been ahead of our time because I've been doing that for years as well. And so fundamentally, we'll have that scenario where you get a holographic version of, of someone who you can literally just do exactly the thing round table a group of people and even if they just like like same thing with i've anchored i've listened to so many of tony robbins audio programs les browns eric thomas i've heard all of their audio so many times that i only just got to hear their voice and that i stand to yes. attention i recite what's going on and i access everything that i've learned from in a, in a nanosecond so i think it's possible that you can do that which highlights then a really good frame is that if you're not sure what to do, you ask for support, ask for help, go to your network, go to your virtual network, all these things tap into the experience and the intelligence and the wisdom outside of self to help you get through that scenario. You're not, you don't have to work it all out yourself. Yeah. And I think that's the key thing. Like when you seek wisdom and, and that help, it doesn't mean you have to like follow everybody who gave you an yeah. advice. Like it's more like you, you got to be able to get to a place where you can accept advice do the process of going like, okay, who should I listen to? Like based on that, like you still got to go through it. You, you, I mean, the advice is just advice, right? And I tell this to my client, like what I tell you isn't gospel. What I tell you is what I feel, but you have to make the yeah. decision on acting on those, on, on whatever I tell you, because it may or may not be suitable for you based on a lot of knowledge and things that I may not be even aware that's inside your brain. And so I think when we seek advice, which is number one thing, like, definitely ask for advice and seek for wisdom, but then have the ability to be able to kind of discern those advice and then go check in with self to going, is this right yeah. for me? Yeah. Right. And if it's not, 
move on. Like, yeah, and, like, yeah. Not, it doesn't hurt anybody. Yeah, totally agree. And, 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 and the block for some people then is they go off and ask for advice and yet they actually stay in that. They don't actually pull the trigger and move forward. So at some point, you know, if you, if you look at uh, people who are in high, high leadership roles, they'll get insights from different people from different opinions they'll look at the scenario and go, what's best for this situation? Okay, we're going in this direction. And they and they go all in, in that, that direction. So they seek guidance. But at the end of the day, they've got to do exactly what you just said is, is make it relevant to them, their value structure, find out what's going on. The, 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 the block for a lot of people is they're perpetually in the getting more information, getting more information. I'll just get a little bit more and then I'll go, or I'll do a little bit more work. And momentum never builds because even if you start a process and realize that's not the right one, you can always go back and go, right, okay, I tried that, didn't work, okay, reload, start again. But stacking that constant loop of getting more information basically paralyzes people, doesn't allow them to move forward. Yeah, and I think the reason why a lot of people don't take that step, the process, is because it's a lot easier to follow someone's advice, and if it goes wrong, yeah. it's yeah. their fault, Yeah, not mine. And this is what we're saying is that you got to get to a point where you got it got to take self-responsibility is that you made that choice, but you listened to that person and you made that choice. Like you get the buck stops yeah. with you and that's responsibility. I think responsibility needs self-responsibility. is such an important element for yeah. growth that you have to take responsible for all the actions and you know mistakes that you made, not because of anybody else. And it's so easy to blame others for your failures and credit success. Yeah, just take the good stuff. You know, when right. the good stuff happens, it's all me. And, it, and if things go right, oh, it's that. It's them. It's that person. Yeah, that's how yeah. we're wired. Yeah, right. Is how we're. So, you know, if you're going to take credit, you got to yeah. take the blame. And I think this is exactly what we got to say. Like it's it's so it's such an important thing that we got to recognize. So, um, man, I I I feel like we've you know talked a lot about different things and biases and and how it affects us. But I think more importantly, I was really excited about some of the potential exercises that people can utilize and follow um, to help them kind of navigate through through the minefield of you know what we discussed today so do you have any lasting no, words not really to... i think we, we in we, we started and i and i guess this is the format that a lot of the time we, we've got a theme and a topic that either is bubbling in our minds or we find is consistently the theme like i, I don't know about you but like a lot of the times i go hey i think we should talk about this it's because the people i'm working with they're all sort of cycling through that at the same time. So I go, okay, let's open it up. And then we, we bring it to discussion and we've got a rough idea of what we're gonna talk about, but in the moment we're going, okay, this is this. And, and, and so these are the, the practical steps that we're talking about are uh, action steps, but fundamentally we're unraveling this process as we're going on in terms of uh, in the discussion mode or we're adding insights, we're looking at different perspectives, different views coming at it and it just opens up. And so to me, no, I, I think that the, the key takeaways for me were stay open. That's really, really important. Take ownership on both, as you said, the, the, the good stuff and the stuff that is more challenging because that's what will allow you to grow and what you resist persists and what you embrace, you can change. And so fundamentally that allows you then to um, not to be Triggered if someone gives you information. I know triggering is a triggering word for some people, um, but fundamentally, it just means that we don't get reactive to uh, a word, a concept, a label which we want to reject, but it is in reality is, is part of us as well. So, uh, no, I, I don't think I've got anything out of, to add. 
Well, this is what Wabi Sabi is all about, <laughs> the art of imperfection. And uh, this is why we we have these discussions. So thank you, Jim, for great insights today. And uh, for those people who are watching this on YouTube and other channels or listening to this on other various podcasts, we thank you for your time and your energy. And please share this with others and uh, make sure you like and subscribe. And uh, we'll see you on the next episode of Wabi Sabi. Okay, bye-bye.